Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. I'm Arjun, that's Kyle. Uh, this is episode nine. And on this part of the episode, we will be covering Arsenal and the Premier League. This week uh, in Arsenal news wasn't too eventful. Um, we got a 4-0 win over West Brom at the Hawthorns. And we have some transfer news to talk about later on in the episode. So Kyle, you want to talk us through the win over the Baggies? Yes. So first thing, Save Allardyce needs to stop talking. He needs to just shush his mouth because we shushed it for him. And this was one of the most convincing Arsenal performances I have seen from top to bottom. The entire match was in Arsenal's control. The first 20 minutes of the match, real boring. Nothing happened. And then two goals in the span of five minutes. First was Kieran Tierney making one of the best runs I've seen a left back make in a while. He ran on the left. Uh, hit it past the defender, I believe it was Furlong, uh, cut it on his right foot, his weak foot, and curled it in top corner. Absolutely beautiful. And then five minutes later, we have the most Arsene Wenger-esque goal we've seen in since Arsene Wenger's been here, which was like 10 passes, Smith-Rowe, Lacazette, Saka, ended with Saka getting a tap-in, and then to cap it off, 60th minute and then 64th minute, Lacazette scores two. The second one might have been the easiest goal I've seen any player score ever, which was the Kieran Tierney fizzes the ball into him. He basically didn't move his leg, and it bounced in off of him. Yeah, so, it, it hit his. He he had to get his uh, his knee up, and it, it deflected off of his knee and went in. Any touch would have meant the ball went in, but Lacazette's knee made sure that we we won that four 0 Yeah, and again, as we said, this was a very sound performance. I don't think there was an issue anywhere in the team. I think every player played well. I think the only issue was Hector Bellerin. And it was noticed immediately in the second half by Arteta. He then subbed on Ainsley Maitland-Niles for him. So it was kind of what we wanted to happen, that we are big like fans of Maitland-Niles, not so much of Bellerin. We want him to leave. And Maitland-Niles came in, put in a good shift second half, and... I mean, all I can really say for take away from this match is there's a few things, actually. One, I want to get your opinion on each one. So we're going one by one. Yes. With you. First yeah. thing, right now, Bukayo Saka is our best player. I agree. He has been absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, it's so encouraging to see a player like Saka, still 19 years old, playing this well on a consistent basis. So, I mean, he is our best player right now. He has yeah. been our creative spark for months. And when there hasn't been any creative spark, Sokka has provided at least something. And I agree with that. I think Sokka needs to stay in this team, whether it's at right wing, um, which is unfortunate because we both really want Pepe to be playing too. But I think Sokka can also slot in in the middle. On the left, he's so versatile. He really can play anywhere, but he is really coming into his own at that right-hand side. He is, and he's playing lights out. He is scoring goals and assists like crazy. He is our one player right now that I'm like, he is the, there are two untouchable players currently. We'll get to the second one in a second, but Saka right now is untouchable for me. Um, and next we'll move to the other wing, the wing where Saka normally plays. And we're going with the left back, Kieran Tierney. He is going to be the best left back in the next five years. I think he, he is such a top talent and we both share this sentiment i think he he has the makings of a future arsenal captain and i think even arteta shared that sentiment after the game he's such a leader i mean going out 
this it, this isn't really a testament to his leadership, just wh- who he is as a person. The game against West Brom was in the snow. And going out for warm-ups, everyone was wearing their tights, their long sleeves, their gloves. Quarantino goes out there with a T-shirt and a shorts like an NFL lineman would do. And that's why goes I out there. Tierney. That's why I and love probably him. he probably puts in his best game in an Arsenal shirt. So it's just that's just who Karen Tierney is, and it's who he will continue to be. He'll continue to be the workhorse. He was zipping up and down that left hand side, even through the 85th, 90th minute when we were up 4-0. He was still making those runs. And of course, he scored one of the best goals of the season for us in this game, too. So Saka and Tierney, two pretty young players. Tierney, obviously pretty new to the team as well. So, I mean, it's just an example of what fresh legs can do to this team. And it, I, I love Kieran Tierney. It's just, it's just a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the captain soon. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a non-starter. And I think at this point, Tierney has he's, – he's so good at just everything. And I think the best thing about him, and this is like besides his mentality and who he is as a person, is that he can cross the ball better than I've seen anyone in a while, especially for Arsenal. The crosses he puts in, exemplified by the Lacazette one, he that ball was hitting like a rocket, and it was put at the correct spot, perfect for Lacazette. He puts in the best crosses out of anyone on this team or in the last like 29, like probably since I can't even remember, since I've been alive. He's put in the best crosses out of anyone. He puts them in. They're beautiful. They're stunning. And they're almost always finished off by someone or they hit the crossbar of the post. Like he, everything he does has a purpose and that purpose is scoring goals for us. And it's the best thing to see. And someone else who also has helped us score goals, especially recently. We did the right wing with Saka. We did the left wing with Tierney. Now we're doing the middle. Emil smith is he right now solving the issue we have at central attacking midfielder? Now, obviously, this is a question I'm asking, not a statement by myself. This is the question I'm asking because I know you're going to have your opinion on it, and then I'll say my opinion as well. So is Emil smith right now solving the issue that we had at central attacking midfielder and can he be our long-term replacement for Ozil and for everyone we've not had at camp? Is he solving the issues right now? Absolutely. He has been so good in that middle, and he's been roving left and right as well as you want an attacking midfielder to do. Is he the permanent solution? We've only seen three starts from him in the Premier League, so I'm not going to jump to that conclusion yet. But if he can keep playing like this at this age, I think he could be. And it's great to see another Hayland product continue to perform like this because we both, we both like the way Smith Rowe plays and we both have been wanting him to get a run in the team. I've been wanting Reese Nelson to get a run in the team, but it's fine that Smith Rowe is now too. And I mean, for me, the creativity still is lacking a little bit. You know, when you have a Jaka Ceballos pivot, it's going to be up to them. When you have a Jaka Elneny pivot, it's going to be up to them. Smithrow can't solve all the problems that we have in that midfield. When Partey's back, I really want to see how Partey and Smithrow and Saka link up. And even with Aubameyang on that left and with Pepe coming back too, I really want to see how Smithrow does when this midfield is fully healthy and when this midfield is at 100%. But right now, 
Smith Rowe deserves to be in the team and stay at that number 10 spot if nobody else will do it because Smith Rowe is currently playing lights out. He, he has so much potential and continuing to give him runs in the team will only grow that potential. I, I couldn't agree anymore. I, he has played exceptionally well. Now we've seen the three games, the last three games, we've won a combined score of eight to one. We've allowed one goal, which was Tammy Abraham's tap in. We've scored eight. That's for us in three matches, scoring eight goals and only conceding one goal. I'm happy right now. And Emil Smith Rowe, him going forward, as you said, the link up with him and Saka, it's so just, they know what they're each going to do. It's like watching, I don't even, I don't even know. It's like watching Messi and Suarez play. Like, not, obviously not the same level. Let me say that. Not <laughs> the same level as Messi and Suarez. I'm saying just how it always watched, how it always looked to be watching the two of them do that. That it almost looks like Saka and Smith Rowe know what they're each going to do at the exact second they do it. And same with Lacazette. The three of them linking up right now is just out of this world. The three of them combined are playing some of the best football I've seen Arsenal play in a year at least. It is really promising to see it. And I actually have another question to ask. Because he's been scoring goals for us, does Lacazette stay in the lineup for now? Like, obviously, our best player on our roster is Aubameyang. But right now, Lacazette's deserving of playing this role. He's linking up much better than Aubameyang did. That Aubameyang got play on the left wing. Or we might have Martinelli on the left wing. But right now, Lacazette in the middle is kind of working. Like, what do we do? I think, I think it is working, too. And Lacazette has – he's our top scorer this year. Um, he took over that from Eddie Nketiah a couple, couple matches ago, I think. But I do want to touch on Aubameyang because Lacazette is picking up the slack that Aubameyang isn't, you know, isn't performing. And if Aubameyang can play, you know, a little more fluid, a little – with a little bit more effort and a little bit more mojo, this team could be really dangerous. And Lacazette shouldn't have to pick up the slack. Lacazette and Aubameyang should be performing together. And that's my main concern with this team right now. The main concern isn't with, you know, the midfield pivot, because I know we'll have Partey back soon. It's right now with Aubameyang, because he's not performing up to par right now. And, you know, he, he knows he's in a slump. And he knows that he needs to get out of it. He scored against Southampton, but since then it's been pretty difficult for him. So I think Lacazette and Aubameyang can coexist in the same lineup. I think if Martinelli comes in, then I think Lacazette might come on as a sub or something. I think Martinelli and Aubameyang play very well together. But as of now, Lacazette has been really good at link-up play and especially good as a poacher. And that's exactly what the team needs because since we're bringing in the creativity, we need to have a poacher to finish off the goals. We're not going to have the creative midfielders score everything. Lacazette's filled in that role well. I just love to see Aubameyang step it up a little bit more. And I'm sure he will because that's what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. He is easily the most gifted player on this team. So that'll be something to watch for as we, as we continue with the fixture list. But that's just my main concern right now. Yeah, I mean, it is the main concern because Alba is – he he saved us last year. Without Alba, we, we would not be in Europe right now. We wouldn't be in the Europa League. We wouldn't be in any competition, basically. That he single-handedly last year kind of saved us. He scored goals that we shouldn't have scored. 
And without him, we wouldn't be here right now. And as you said, he is our best player. That's, I, there's no competition, I think, for who our best overall player is. Dalbamian, he's our most talented player. He's our best, like he's just, when he does what he does, he is our best player. The issue is he hasn't been doing that. He hasn't been scoring goals. And it's really weird to watch because how Lacazette plays better fits the team. Like what you said, it, it, we need a poacher. And that's exactly what Lacazette is. Alba isn't a, as much of a poacher as Lacazette is in my eyes. That Lacazette more of a, I'm going to move around and find the goal I need to get. But Alba is going to be someone who is more of the, I'm going to make the runs and try and get a goal versus Laka saying, I'm going to go where I need to go because I know a goal is going to come to me. That Laka is more of the poacher. Alba's more of the goal scorer. And I we saw it against like this match against West Brom. I don't think Alba playing on the left, as we've said, works as well as playing him in the middle. But then you have the issue of, okay, Alba's not on the left, so Martinelli comes in. Because Martinelli, we saw him two matches in a row, electric he's got to play so you put martinelli Saka, and smith row because right now none of them are droppable then you have the issue of Laka versus alba Laka is better for the team but Alba's a better player so <laughs> do you bring in alba to start or do you put lock on the lock on the bench or the other way around what you said was starting lacazette and then maybe bring or starting Aubameyang, bringing yeah. lacazette on as a sub which I think is probably the right move to do. I just don't think that's what right now should happen. I think right now you do Alba on the bench and Laka starting, which a lot of fans would be angry at because they see it as Alba's our best player. He has to start. Not exactly. That our best player doesn't have to start. If he's not scoring and not performing, I get the idea of he'll get his goal at some point. Yes. But right now, how we have been playing with Lacazette up front for us, we have been lights out. And I don't think you change that. I think you use Lacazette in the first half, Alba on in the second. I think they each get a half to play. I think that's how you have to do it right now. And Alba, especially in that second half, when he has 45 minutes to just run and doesn't have to worry about 90 minutes, man, I think that could be scary. I think Alba as a sub would be better for us right now than Lacazette as a sub because Alba will run in behind defenders. Lacazette will as well, but Alba running in behind defenders is a whole different ballgame in that he opens up the middle of the pitch for us to do more of those counterattacks, especially in the second half when teams are more tired. So I think you start Lacazette and bench Alba versus you saying start Alba, bench Lacazette. So the thing is, is that this game we played a 4-2-3-1. If we switch back to a 3-4-3, I think there might be space for everyone. I think there might be space for, um, I, I know Jaka and Ceballos will probably be that middle two. Or if we maybe do a 3-4-2-1 or something. If we have Laka up top, Aubameyang on the left, and maybe even Saka right behind, and Pepe and also Smith Rowe. You could fit everyone in there if you wanted to. But right now we have a pretty good dilemma because we've got Aubameyang, Smith-Rowe, Saka, Martinelli, and Pepe as that five. And I'm going to, you know, he who must not be named Willian because he... Don't name him. (laughs) Do not name that man. He does not deserve to be anywhere in this conversation. 
Because, I mean, he doesn't deserve to, but he is. That's just the hard truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we have those three roving creative players, picking picking three out of Aubameyang, Smith-Rowe, Saka, Martinelli, and Pepe, it's a pretty good dilemma to have because those are five really talented players that can turn it on at any time. And for me, I think Aubameyang is the way to go because that's just how I think. Because I think if Aubameyang's going to play on the left, then you put Lacazette in the middle. If Martinelli's going to play on the left, then you put Aubameyang in the middle. That's what I think. But if you if you have Aubameyang in there and on the left, Martinelli can still play an out-and-out striker. Lacazette can't play on the wing. Lacazette is much more limited in where he can play. So I think Lacazette starting in games like a West Brom is fantastic. But Lacazette starting over Aubameyang or Martinelli in a game you know, at the end of the month, we play United. I'm not sure if I'd want that. So that's just my thinking on it. Yeah. I mean, it's a very weird spot to be in for us. Like normally you have your best player at still at some point will get their form back and you don't have to have this issue that a lot of the time you see the best player not performing well, but they're the person behind them may not be, be like performing as well as they normally like should be. Yeah. And right now, Lacazette's outperforming Aubameyang by a country mile. <laughs> so this is a weird issue to have. But as you said, it's a good issue to have. That the difference between... I, I saw people comparing us and Chelsea right now. And like we compared us a couple weeks ago. That we have the issue of, oh, our best player isn't playing well, but no one really is playing well right now. Well, right now, almost everyone bar Aubameyang and Willian are playing well. And for Chelsea none of their attackers are playing well. Yeah. There, there's so, a, I mean, the, the, yeah. The, the tables have turned a lot because, Massive. I mean, two, week, two weeks ago on this podcast, we were talking, are we in a relegation battle? Now we're three points back of Chelsea who have been clowning us for this whole season for our little issues. Well, they're not little issues, but. But yeah, they've been clowning Chelsea, us season. Chelsea have their own issues on their hands. So, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say because, I mean, is it down to a managerial issue? Is it down to, you know, their new signings not adjusting the Prem very well? We don't know. We can, we can see that Werner and Havertz aren't adjusting, but they're ahead in their rebuild than we are. But it's just not going well for them right now. I think it could. But, I mean, with Liverpool failing to get a result yesterday against Southampton... Um, with you know City having their fixture list clear up a little bit, and even with United, you know, sitting close to the top of the table, uh, that hurts. I mean, any anything could happen. We're we're six points off of top six, and yeah. we've played seventeen matches. There's still twenty one to go. There's I've seen so much in the season left. There is so much, and I've seen a lot of people still say, "Oh, we're still in the bottom half of the table. You're still in a relegation battle." If you're using the logic of, "Oh," Your um, we're what eleven? What Fulham are have eleven points. They have two games in hand. So let's round them up. Let's say they get what they're getting right now a point a game. So say they're at thirteen out of fifth out of seventeen matches. They have thirteen. We have twenty three. Liverpool are in first with thirty three. We're in the exact center of the table between yeah. the drop zone and the top and literally top of the table. I don't want to hear no chatter of oh you're in the relegation battle. 
Shut up. Just stop. No, we're not. Stop it. No, we're not. Stop. We we are. I mean, we were we were we were pessimistic two weeks ago because of how poorly we were playing, but that Chelsea game turned things around because we started our youngsters, because we started the players who are hungry, and Arteta sees that, and Arteta sees that because we're doing the clear out right now, and we have news on that with the transfers. Kolasinac has been loaned. Socrates is gone. Socrates is in talks to leave. And biggest of all, Ozil. Yeah. I mean, Ozil, currently there are rumors of his agent has said there are four different locations on the map of who has offered for Ozil to come join them. We have Italy, Qatar, uh, Turkey, and the U.S., So in the U.S., it's D.C. United. He's apparently in talks to join them on loan at minimum and then join on a free, I'm assuming. Uh, Fenerbahce apparently are interested in getting Ozil uh, in Turkey. Qatar and Italy, I don't know what teams it was. Um, It has been rumored heavily that those two different countries' teams are vying after him. So there's a lot of people wanting to take this player that we thought was almost unsellable, that we felt wouldn't leave because of how big his contract is. Now, obviously, they're trying to sign him on a pre-contract, which is annoying. But if we can get let him go on loan, get maybe half his salary back the rest of the year, and then let him go in the summer, we can have a lot more salary to sign someone right now. And that could be huge for us to save that money, bring in someone else we might need, like a Buendia, who's currently being rumored to joining maybe. It's, it's good. It's really good. And having, as I said, Kolasinac leave for six months to Schalke is good. Um, having maybe Ozil leave. Socrates is being rumored to leave as well. Saliba left current, uh, for six months to go to Nice, uh, which we kind of felt was going to happen based on what has been talked about and him not playing. Him going to Nice is clearly for him to get game time and to get back into playing shape before he comes back and joins us and then hopefully starts with Gabriel when everyone's healthy and ready to go. That's the hope. We haven't gotten any explanation from the Arsenal board on what went on there with Saliba, but he's already in training with Nice and he's already in the squad to play uh, in their cup tie. So he's already getting game time where he wasn't at Arsenal. So it'll be nice to see how he develops and hopefully he'll be back in the team next fall playing, you know, playing how he does. And another rumor I saw today was Nketiah. So I have a question for you. And Ketia, uh, rumored to be sold for 15 to 20 million pounds. What do you think? I think in the, so I'll put it this way. If we look at what the market was before the pandemic, I think 15 to 20 million would be way below value. That I think how the market was going, he'd be 40 million. But realistically, the market has basically cut itself in half. So I think if we can get 20 million for Enketia, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I, especially with the emergence of Smith Rowe and the fact that Reese Nelson still is like, he's been hurt, which is why he hasn't been playing and that he'll come back. Martinelli just came back. Alba hasn't been playing well. And we have Balogun as well. I don't see an issue with selling Enketia for 20 million and using those funds to go get Buendia. I think that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I think it, and Ketsy is, again, as we said last time, he's in the weird spot where either him or Balogun most likely will leave. I would prefer Balogun to stay because of how bright his future looks. And Ketsy, like, don't get me wrong. And Ketsy's future is as bright as anyone else's.
But Balogun is on a new level right now with how much like teams want him. Liverpool want him. Real Madrid want him right now. So would Borussia Dortmund. They all want him right now. That I think if we sell Nketiah for $20 million, keep Balogun, and then start to bring him in slowly into the team, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I think selling Nketiah for $20 million, I'd be fine with that. I agree. And I think that, in my view, is that Balogun has a higher ceiling than Nketiah. And $20 million wouldn't be a steal in the same way that's selling Iwobi and Oxlade-Chamberlain were. We got £70 million from those two deals which is outrageous. Bonkers. Bonkers. Um, but I don't think Nketiah would be a steal in that same way, but I think it's close enough to value. And I don't think he has as high a ceiling as Balogun. And also I think it would help with Balogun's contract talks because right now he's, I don't think he's going to sign. But if we show the initiative that, hey, you are the striker that we want to use in the future, I think he'll have incentive because, you know, Liverpool are after him. You said Real Madrid are after him. You said a lot of clubs are looking at this guy that we haven't played in the, that we haven't, you know, signed to a new contract yet. Like we can take him. So I, I think we need to hold on to Balogun because I think Nketiah would do better in a side that isn't us. I think same, the same deal went with Awobi. I think he, he was a talented player, but I don't think his ceiling was that high. And we've seen it with Everton. He hasn't been, you know, the standout player. So I think Nketiah is just one of those guys that we can, we can spend, you know, we can sell off. And it's something that I'm in favor of. I would have been fine with him going on loan too, loan for six months maybe and seeing how he does there. But I think I would prefer Reese Nelson to go on loan or something over Nketiah because of how high Nelson's ceiling is also. So that's just, that's my view on the Nketiah situation with those rumors. But with the Ozil rumors, going back just a little bit, he posted a picture on Instagram like, oh, Istanbul, what a fantastic city. Fenerbahce's in Istanbul, just, you know, for anyone who didn't know. There's a lot so of clubs in Istanbul, but they are one of the big ones, yes. Yes. So that is, that is one of the, you know, one of the little transfer tidbit rumors that you'll get from, you know, the, the swirling around, like someone commenting like an eyes emoji or something. (laughs) Those are the kind of, those are the kind of things you dig for in January and July and August when you're looking for transfer news. And I I think DC, I also quickly guarantee you, we're going to see see Twitter accounts pop up of Ozil plane trackers and stuff like that. (laughs) Like it's happened before for different players. We've seen it happen. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens for Ozil of us being like, He's gonna leave. Let's track his plane so we can we can let him go, um, which would be weird, but it would happen. And I think today the the news when the news broke uh, for the DC United deal, I think they said it was advanced talks, and I think DC United has been in the in the hunt for Ozil for a while, so I think that might be his most likely landing spot. And we said this on our transfer window special, which you guys should go listen to, where we cover all of this and more. We talk about everything from Hector Ballerin leaving to Mesudoza leaving. So I think DC United was one of the likely landing spots, but it's unfortunate because both of us, I think would rather have Ozil be playing for us, but if he's not going to, then this is the better option. Yeah. I, I completely having him stay on and having a disgruntled member of the senior team training every day with the, with the young guys. So I think that's, that's the Arteta's goal to get all the, all the guys who aren't really, you know, contributing all that much to you know clear them out 
But I will say, I I don't think he's disgruntled in training. I think he's disgruntled behind the scenes that we've yeah. seen. Like on, he's been massive on social media about posting about the wins, about players. He tweeted after the West Brom game about Emil Smith Rowe. He's our number ten right now. He deserves to play. Like heart emojis or something like that. Like he still he still loves the club. Yeah. He still he loves, loves the, the club. club. He loves the fans, yeah. and we love him back. That's that's what's so frustrating about this situation is that he hasn't played in so long when he clearly wants to and when we clearly want him to. And we clearly but, need him to. We needed him for a while, and we didn't have a center attacking midfielder. And the the uh, literally the obvious answer was in our club, but clearly something was happening that we didn't know about that he reason why he wasn't playing. Like we needed a center attacking midfielder for months, for probably a year or more. And we were like, oh, we don't need Ozil to play. We'll figure it out ourselves. We needed him to play, guys. Like, just for you to know. We needed him to play. But now he's on the out, which is good for us because it'll mean that the Cronkies will be like, oh, we have money now to sign a player probably on loan because we know Arsenal. We're going to sign someone on loan like Isco for other 300,000 euros a week and do nothing with it. But... It's it's been a weird week with transfers and stuff. The last one, as I kind of rumored earlier, is Emil Emiliano Buendia um, is open to a move to Arsenal. Uh, he is just waiting basically for the go ahead to join, and we don't know when that'll come. It is most likely looking like it'll take Ozil and Socrates to also leave to then sign Buendia, and I'm assuming if Encasia leaves, we'll automatically sign him because we'll have the funds just from one to the other. Um, but I'm excited to see him come in. Um, he and I hope, I hope he doesn't, I hope he gets the opportunity to play immediately because we know he doesn't need adjustment to the Premier League. He was just in the Premier League last year. So we know he doesn't need that adjustment. We know he can perform against Premier League sides. I don't want there to be an adjustment period. I want him to be in the side immediately. And I have an issue though, which is right now how we're playing I don't think you can put him in, especially right now that we have, he normally is a right winger who can play center attacking midfield or left wing kind of play across the board, like Smith Rowe can right now, how they're playing. Saka's playing amazingly. Smith Rowe's playing amazingly. Martinelli's playing amazingly. I don't think you put him in over one of them right now. I think if one of them has a dip in form for a game or two, you immediately chuck him in and say, go for it. But right now, how he's, how they're playing, like right now, Pepe's Pepe's not going to get into this lineup. He's not. Like he should get into the lineup, but he's not because we're playing so dang well. And I think Buendia would have the exact same issue that Pepe does, which is. And I think one one thing, well. one thing with Arteta is that he does like squad rotation. He does like getting his guys rest. He does like trying out different lineups. And I mean, it's it's one of the frustrating things because when a lineup is working, you don't want it to get changed, but inevitably it will because guys need rest, guys need, you know, other guys need chances to get playtime. So I think Buendia will get a shot in the team. I don't think Smith-Rowe will get, you know, a run, a Smith-Rowe and Saka together. I don't think they'll get a run of six straight starts. I think it'll be a little bit more sporadic because these guys are still young. They could have a lapse in form. They could, you know, have a, have a bad moment of judgment that, you know, leads to a new player coming in. So it, it, it all depends. And I think that, with the options that we have right now, I think rotation is probably the best option because if, as long as you keep 
the same core, as long as you keep at least two of Martinelli, Aubameyang, Smithrow, and Saka starting every game, you can switch that out because those four are our main creative sparks right now. If you keep two of the four, you keep the same sort of consistency in the core. You can't take all of them out. So that's sort of my thinking on that. If you can keep, if you can keep a core that you say two or three of these players will start every game and we'll rotate the rest of them out, get Buendia shots, get Pepe shots, get um, even Joe Willock, you know, something like that. So that's sort of, that's sort of how Arteta runs this team because Going into the West Brom game, I saw a bunch of people tweeting, I want two out of the three of Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, and Saka to start. Martinelli was on the bench, Smith-Rowe, and Saka started. So it's sort of like that. That's sort of how Arteta runs this team, and I think that's how it'll continue to be, even with if we sign Emiliano Buendia. Agreed. And leading, in, leading from that conversation about squad rotation into our next match, which is the FA Cup third round, uh, at the Emirates against Newcastle, our Premier League opponents. Um, we are playing, I'm assuming it's going to be a rotated squad again. I, who do you think firstly is going to play? Who is not going to play? What do you think is going to happen? Because obviously, firstly, it's the FA Cup. And normally we play a lower league side and you start playing the Balligans and the Reese Nelsons, just give them an easy run. But issue, we're playing Newcastle. So you really can't do that as much because they're in the Premier League. Like we can say, they're oh, a solid side. They're they're a solid side. Oh, they're worse than us. Yeah, but they don't care. They're a worse side than us. But if we play a worse side than we should be, we'll easily get beat. So who do we think is going to play? What do you think the score is going to be uh, at the Emirates against Newcastle in the FA Cup? Our our cup. Our 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 competition. So I think the core will stay relatively the same. I think Pepe will get the start. I think that Saka will play. I don't think Smith Rowe will play. I think Martinelli will play. And I think it'll be Lacazette on the defensive side. I think it'll be, I think they're going to keep holding in Mari. I think they're going to keep that partnership going. I think Tierney will play. And I think they're going to toss in Cedric for the midfield. I think it's going to be, it could be anybody. I think it'll be El Nani and I think it'll be El Nani and Ceballos. And in goal, we hope it's Leno. We really hope it's, it's Leno. Be, it's going to be Runerson, let's be honest. I, I am I won't be surprised if Runerson starts. Score prediction, I think will I think it'll go to a replay. I think it'll be one one. Ooh. Well, I feel happy knowing I'm not alone. I think it's gonna be two two. We're going to a replay. I think I think we're gonna score goals, but I have that real bad feeling we're gonna see a Callum Wilson brace. I just I don't wanna see it, but I think it's gonna happen. I think it's almost inevitable that someone's going to start scoring goals against us. That again, we allowed a goal to Tammy Abraham in the last three matches. That's it. I think someone's bound to break the break the block, basically break the door down, and it's going to be Callum Wilson two two. Go to a replay. We're going to go to what is it? St James, St Mary's, St James, St James, St Mary's is Southampton. There we go. So we'll go there, and that's that's how that'll shape up. Um, but I'm, I'm very confident right now. I'm happy in our side. We're looking good. We're selling players like we need to do. We're not bringing in any, anyone we don't need. If we bring in anyone, it's going to be Buendia. That's the only rumored person right now. We're still waiting on Omar Rekik to get confirmed. 
but he's going to come in for 600k euros we're going to have Buendia hopefully come in and a bunch of players leave and I think that's all we could ask for right now as Arsenal fans like we this is the most relaxed we've both been in a very long time and I it's so it is nice to talk about Arsenal in a more relaxed fashion because last week was just last week was chaotic because we weren't expecting to get two wins from two against Chelsea and Brighton. In this one, uh, we were expecting to win against West Brom, probably not four nil, but with the team performing this well, it's nice to, you know, discuss like the good dilemmas instead of the bad dilemmas. Yeah, it's nice. And I think if you're done, I think that'll be it for this episode. Uh, This will be episode 9.2. We're almost at episode 10. Uh, 9.2 of the Going Going Lunar podcast. Make sure to check us out at Twitter or on Twitter, my bad, at GG Gooner Pod. Make sure to check out our parents, Z89, your party station, Z89. And from us, episode nine, that's us done. Make sure to check out episode 9.1 as well, because we have a special guest coming on to talk all things NFL playoff related and Saints related. So make sure to check that out also on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from, from myself and Arjun. That's us signing out, guys. Thank you all for listening. Listen to the other part.